Welcome to the Later in Life Planning Show with Patrick Colley, brought to you by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Colley. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. At Keystone Elder Law, we serve people all over South Central Pennsylvania, and our mission is to shield the middle class from the costs and the challenges of getting older. And we do that by anticipating specific and predictable threats. While we at Keystone Elder Law address those threats using estate planning tools such as a power of attorney, the will, certain kinds of trusts, maybe Medicaid law if there's long-term care costs involved, really you need to build a strong shield against the challenges of the second half of life with other types of planning as well. That's why regular listeners of the Later in Life Planning Show hear me asking questions of professionals working in medicine, care communities, funeral planning, and other such resources that are a key part of the later years of life. This is all part of Keystone Elder Law's emphasis on educating people first before they make major decisions to secure a better future for their family. If you hear something and you have questions, if you'd like to learn more, we offer a weekly online workshops where we go through the information that middle-class families really need to plan for the later years of life. We answer those questions. We give some ways to take action right away. So go to keystoneelderlaw.com, use the workshops tab uh, to register for one of the upcoming workshops. One's called Middle Class Estate Planning and Asset Protection. The other one is called How Will You Pay for Long-Term Care? But today, you're going to hear from somebody else who helps people shield themselves from the challenges of the later years of life. That is a crucial part of what he does for a living. But his background makes this work a, person, a personal mission for him. Excuse me. And, and I'm, I'll just turn it over to him to, to find out more about that. My guest today is Brian Kennedy, who is one of the owners of KCA Wealth Management. KCA Wealth Management has offices in Camp Hill, Hershey, and Carlisle. You can find them online at kcawealth.com. Brian, thank you for sharing some of your time and experience with listeners of the show. Thank you, Patrick, for the invitation to speak to the listeners of the show, and thank you for giving me the time with you today. Appreciate Absolutely. It. It's a pleasure. And, you know, I've in, in my line of work, I have the opportunity to run into a lot of people who work in financial circles of, of one kind or another. Uh, I've been impressed with the way you do business, and I'm not going to speak for you, but I, I'll ask, uh, maybe allow you to explain what sets you apart from other financial advisors out there or other people who, who uh, help people with, with managing money and planning their money for the later years of life. Uh, that's a great question. So when I think about that, I think about um, the three things that our firm does, and we try to do them in this order. The, f the first thing we really try to do is life planning. And life planning is really trying to understand more about what is happening in someone's life now, what's happened in the past, as well as what will happen in the future. Uh, and a lot of times that in involves asking a lot of questions, you know, really trying to dig down and understand because you know, on the happy side of life, we can have families and and children and grandchildren and 
you know, vacation homes and all the, the fun stuff that comes with, you know, life and, and, and all the things we plan for. And then the flip side of that, though, is we could really kind of uncover that maybe the individuals are concerned about their care in the future or they're concerned about a parent that needs care or even a child that needs care. Do you know what I mean? At some point or, um, you know, or there could be some extenuating circumstances that they're, they're concerned with about having to downsize maybe, uh, you know, because of these changes in their, in their, in their, uh, lives. But most importantly, once you understand that life planning side of it, we then understand how other professionals like yourself, Patrick, fall into some of those needs because some of these individuals don't have the right plan in place. And that's where we have to bring in other professionals, whether it be elder care attorneys such as yourself that specialize in, you know, protecting assets and sheltering assets or, you know, maybe uh, doing trusts for special needs children. Uh, and then also if there's other professionals needed, like you mentioned in the out there, whether it be you know, mortgage brokers to, we've even referred to concierge physicians before because we found that people have something going on in their lives. And the, unfortunately the medical community wants to help everyone, but they're very overloaded, you know, and there's, there's other things out there. So it's about really understanding that life piece. The second part of, of the, of what we do then is the financial planning part, which is once we understand what their life goals are and the life needs that they have really looking at all the financial pieces, whether it be their auto and homeowners insurance, liability coverages down to their disability insurance, to long-term care, to uh, their estate planning documents, to uh, then into their investments, their taxes, you know, their what they're going to live off of in retirement and trying to create that, looking at that income plan or the shortfalls. So I call it putting all the stuff into the funnel and seeing what, what the output is, you know, of what ways they need to go on their finances that meet their life goals. And then the last piece that we do is actually the financial advisory piece, which is now understanding once we know what their, their life path is going to be or is, what their resources are and their needs are from that perspective, then we then can advise on um, investments or insurance or give recommendations for that. Yeah. And I could not agree more with the approach of figuring out where people are and where they would prefer to be in terms of what are your threats? What are your concerns? What are your goals? What's the happy and what's the not so happy? Because, you know, people will often when they when they hear of estate planning, just to take that one piece of it, they'll just think, well, I need some documents. Well, you know, a one size fits all plan is not going to protect every unique family the way that it should. And there's so many missed opportunities there. So I love that approach. Not to mention that if I ever need a guy for something, I, I just call you, you know, because it's <laughs> like, oh, he, he's got, he's got a guy. He has to, he knows everybody. But a lot of this is, is very, you know, there's a personal mission behind this for you. I, I've sensed your passion for doing this kind of work. And some of it has to do with the story of your own mom. Uh, yes, it does. And uh, I just left my mom this morning after feeding her breakfast. So, um, yeah, my mother's story, uh, you know, when you really think about it, you know, she was one of 13, grew up in a row home in Northeast Philadelphia. Uh, they sent her to, you know, Catholic school. She had the nuns with the rollers and the closets, you know, and the all the things that we've heard about that actually existed uh, at one point in time. Uh, and in eighth grade, you know, when she graduated at that point and was to go to high school, they actually sent her to work. Uh, so anyway, she worked throughout her career there and then she met my father. Of course, they moved then to central Pennsylvania area. I was born and then my father passed away when I was seven and my mom had to reinvent herself from going and getting a GED all the way to Dale Carnegie 
to working for the FAA, to the federal government, to training Kuwaitis on computers before we even knew where Kuwait was. I mean, they sent people over here when she worked for the government and she trained them. The point is, is that I'm trying to make is my mother continually tried to do better. She always read, she studied, she wrote poems. She was an excellent cook. She used to, she could stitch a, make a, a teddy bear out of, you know, just the directions. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, I, 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 could, I was amazed by her abilities and, uh, and, and then she get entered into the industry with me in the uh, late 90s, took her securities ins- exams and her insurance exams by just reading a book in her in her 50s, which is, I think, amazing because as we get older, the last thing we want to do is study and take another test, right? Yeah, a lot this, that's a source of a lot of fear for people, I mean, who haven't done that in a while. Right. So she did that. She ran my office for another number of years, and we started to actually start to see some, some cognitive decline, you know, and... Um, you know, one of the things that had happened is she was in a, a little bit of a, a fender bender and she left the scene because she said she didn't know what to do. Now, the good news, nobody was hurt. Uh, it was, you know, but at the end of the day, another example was she was at the uh, Capital City Mall. She walked outside to get in her car and she couldn't get in her car. So she went in to get the security guard and they walked out and they got in her car. No problem. But the issue was she was trying to get in a silver Hyundai when she owns a silver Honda. Mm-hmm. So the cognitive impairment started to happen. And, um, you know, I, I had the biggest struggle Patrick I ever had in my life, which was my mom was so strong willed. And I find that this happens with many people, by the way, what I'm about to say, and this is where we work, we work with people on talking with them and understanding their situation a little more and trying to give them ideas on how to handle tough situations. But the situation for her was, and that a lot of people deal with is she didn't want to leave her house. You know, so we knew that she had a cognitive impairment. You know, she was diagnosed, but she didn't want to leave her house. And she was living alone at this time. Living alone. We had to hire a caregiver to come in and make sure she was eating breakfast and lunch. And then I would check on her in dinner time, but she just wouldn't leave, you know, and um, I see that a lot too. Yeah. And I'll never forget a day that I, I flew out of town very early in the morning for a business conference and I landed early in the morning and I checked my voicemail and here was my mother at four o'clock in the morning calling me for help saying, I need help. I need to get out of here. I don't know where I am. And that was her calling me from her home. And at that moment, thankfully for my wife, that she's my wife, she decided to kind of, you know, get involved and she went over and took my mom in and, you know, she stayed with me for seven years. Seven years yeah, and at home care. Right? And, and so much of this experience, I mean, I've seen talked to the family members who, First of all, they want to deny it or the the parent themselves wants to deny it until it becomes uh, undeniable. It becomes something that can't be ignored. But so much of this uh, goes into how you can now talk to families. And I want to pick that up after we come back from a break. Uh, but but this this story so formative in your experience, your families, your you, the family you have with your wife, uh, you know this this is what people need to hear about because this happens to Central Pennsylvanians every day. So we'll we'll be back in a moment to talk more about this. You are listening to the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP five eighty. Now more of the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP five eighty. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I am your host, Patrick Cauley. My guest today is Brian Kennedy of KCA Wealth Management. Find them on the web at kcawealth.com. 
Before the break, Brian, you were telling a compelling story that that you've lived through and that no doubt informs how you work with your clients at KCA Wealth Management. But you're talking about your mom. You noticed uh, some some maybe troubling signs that something was off, and then eventually she even reached out uh, for help when she was living alone, and then she came to live with you and your wife. So pick up the story from there because... You know, how long had you and your wife been married? I mean, this that's an amazing commitment, even by your wife, to to have a parent come into the home. It happens all the time, but it's, you know, it's uh, that that takes a lot of love and support to do that. Yeah, so um, it does. And my wife and I were married for about five years at that point, I believe. Uh, we had been together a little longer than that, but we had actually just had our son and a year before my mother moved in. So, you know, now on one hand we have a baby and well, it takes more than one hand to hold an adult. But my point is, is now we have my mother as a kind of a second child in the home at the same time. So, and on top of that, we had two dogs too, which were pretty big, a great Dane in a lab. So you got to add that to it. And that's another person in itself. Right. But you know, so the, 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 we, we quickly learned to get routines down. We did hire a, a caregiver for, you know, about 40 hours a week. But I think as everyone knows, that might sound like it's full time, but it's really not you know, full-time work when you're caring for someone is 24-7. I mean, from putting a nanny cam in the same room as my mother, as my, as I have in for my son, or our son, excuse me, but, you know, um, you know, we're watching that camera at night to make sure there's no slips and falls, you know, and, and nothing going on, you know, depending on, you know, whether, whether uh, the Alzheimer's patient has, you know, uh, it you know might not sleep at night, things of that nature, right? Yeah. So one of my previous guests was someone I, you've met as well, uh, Dr. Rollin Wright from Hershey Medical Center, and she came on and and gave a great deep dive into dementia and what's going on. And she said it's very common for whatever's going on in the brain causes people with uh, dementia to mix up their days and nights. They're up in the middle of the night, so that means you're up in the middle of the night as the family caregiver. Yeah. Um, definitely. And it's the sundowning and, you know, all the different things that, that occur. So, you know, we got into a routine, you know, right away of how to play nice music for my mom at night. And, you know, looking at her medications, I immediately went out and uh, got a concierge physician for her, uh, had all the meds looked at. Uh, you made sure that there was a balance there, you know, made sure that her, you know, the eating, even though you got to another thing with Alzheimer's patients is their diet. You know, I got to admit the, the, the good part was is that at one point when my son was a little older, my mother and son were eating the same foods. They loved peanut butter and jelly. They loved bananas. You know what I mean? They were loved <laughs> Who ice doesn't? cream. All right, on. exactly. This sounds they, great. They love ice cream, you know. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, that, that was the easy part. But, you know, I will tell you, you know, changing the diapers of an adult and a child at the same time is uh, it's kind of interesting. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, when you think about life itself of how it really circles back around. You know what I mean? And and I want to just say, I mean, one of the reasons I did this for my mother is because I personally, I was the only child, but I, I kind of promised my mother I would never leave her alone, you know? And, and, you know, one of the things I look at is she gave me at least 18 to 21 to 22 to 23 years of her life. You know, I figure I'm going to give back at least, you know, five to seven. Absolutely. As many as I can. Yeah, and and I'll just say that, you know, as we, we started with, today with your your life planning model and how you're asking what's going on with people and some people there's none of this happening other people they they know immediately what you're describing but you know this isn't something you saw coming which goes to the whole idea that 
you know, you, you need a plan, however unlikely you think it is. And I think a lot of there are certain myths around this long term care situation for uh, people in the later years of life. It's not going to happen to me. I've, I've, you know, I just think that's so prevalent or people just refuse to even think about it. You know, I've heard over and over again, if that ever happens to me, just take me out and shoot me. Well, that's not a long-term care plan. I mean, having you, you want a family member just as the family members themselves want to do just the opposite. They want to be there. They want to provide that support. And then the question is, are they going to have time with their families, with their professional lives? And, you know, you made it work. You you came up with a plan. But but I'm sure that this comes up and you see these myths about long-term care that, that people have um, whatever, whether it's, it won't happen to me or, or I'm covered in some other way that, that really doesn't cover them. Yeah. I mean, I do. I mean, to that point, you know, my mother did tell me that if she ever went to a nursing home, she would just take care of herself. Well, it's, she's in a home now because we had to get to that point, you know, after seven years, but she's still not taking, you know, she's, she's not ending her own life, but she said that she would. You know, so, I mean, that's, that's the, the, and as far as it not happening to her, I mean, she was one of 13, no one else in the family has Alzheimer's, no one else has dementia. She's the only one, you know, that you can find cancer and heart attacks, you know what I mean? Things of that nature, but no, no dementia, no Alzheimer's. So, you know, the, those myths of, uh, you know, it won't happen to me or, you know, um, you know, or, you know, or, or, or you think you'll just not end up in that situation. It's not always the case right I and mean, didn't you even bring up with her at one point maybe long-term care insurance being a, a, a solid way to plan and of course being one of 13 uh siblings she she said well i don't see any sign of that and, and and but she dismissed it for other reasons yeah she dismissed it because one of the jobs she had she was an excellent designer as well and at one point she designed nursing homes so she literally would go in and show them the furniture and the drapes to put in the waiting rooms and all that and she came to me at one point and said brian if if we buy long-term care insurance or if i buy it that's just a ticket for you to put me in a nursing home and i said no mom i love you but see that you know i'm not going to do that but see, I think the other disconnect we have a lot as we get older is it's hard for us to communicate with our children because we don't want to listen to our children or we don't believe our children as much. I mean, we love our children, don't get me wrong, and we believe our kids, but for some reason that adult in us that raised that child wants to fight the the the, the truth that might really be there. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes Absolutely. and we and it's it's not a negative thing. I mean, we just have to stop for a minute and say, Do we, you know, do we a hundred percent listen to our kids all the time? And I can tell you, well, I have an eight year old. I don't, but, but I mean, I'd love to listen to him every night when he wants to get ice cream, but you know, then I'd be eating it too. But anyway, so. Yeah. And I, and I've, I can't tell you how many times at Keystone Elder Law, I'm in a conference room and an adult child is there being supportive of the parents and the parents say, well, my daughter, my son says this, but I want to get your take on this. And they ask me an open-ended question. They don't tell me what the son or daughter said. I give them an answer that I think is the solution to their concern and it turns out it's exactly what the adult child has been saying all along. But now when I say it, well, that's been handed down like gospel. Of course, that's what we're going to do. And of course, the adult child's throwing their arms up in the air like, that's what I said. But, you know, that's just the nature of things. And and uh, and I think having qualified professionals around to sort of back up the adult children can help. Um, but it's, it, you know, and looking back on it, long-term care insurance, of course, would have paid not only for the nursing home, but also for, or in part at least, but it would have paid for the 
the the home care that you know the person who came into the home to provide care um so but i think that your your mom sounds like she seized on that one thing like the, i have concerns about where things could be headed if I, if that's involved and i just don't even want to think about it yeah agreed i mean and that that was her her issue i mean and you know back to the point real quick though you mentioned about you know making the comment and you being the gospel you know what i mean of 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 the of of the same conversation that the kids had with the with the parents right i will say to you that i i have met with so many people over the years whether it be the educational courses we've done or just in session meetings and i also find and i joke with this all the time about married people married couples mm-hmm. Is that, or, or you have a significant other, one or the other, it doesn't matter. You know, you've been with somebody for a long time. I say the same thing. You know, we, we love our partners and we love our, you know, the people we're with, but after we're with them for a while, we sometimes block them out and do not hear what the other one's saying, you know? So, you know, again, the life planning, getting the information from both people at the same time, I have to admit, it's kind of like a counseling session sometimes, which isn't bad because we're trying to get to the positive, you know what I mean? But then we would be able to address the issues a little more of why we don't want to pay for long-term care insurance or, you know, what are the things that we've done to, to, to create a plan to protect around it? You know what I mean? One or the other. Right. And, and if it's anything like what I do when it's, uh, you know, everybody's healthy still, we're, we're talking about potential estate planning. I'm also trying to figure out where they are, where they would like to be. But it's, you know, the end of the meeting could be, uh, we're not going to do anything. And that would be a victory as long as I've been able to help them tease out what are some of the concerns do they have a basis is there are they really okay the way that they are and if the answer is yes then great we we accomplished something here you don't need to hire me to do anything but uh but more often than not uh they you know the people do dig in there's there's maybe some fear and you have to sort of take the time necessary to get underneath that fear and figure out well what's really going on here um you know and i'm not doing anybody any favors nor are you if we just say yeah yeah you're fine you know i'll push back i'll i'll you know gently say well you know let's test the logic of this but that's that's what professionals are for is to is to really help people that way uh, but we're going to go to another break, and we'll be back and pick it up from there. Uh, my guest today is Brian Kennedy with KCA Wealth Management, kcawealth.com. You are listening to the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Welcome back to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Here's Patrick Colley. We are back with the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I am your host, Patrick Cauley. My guest today is Brian Kennedy of KCA Wealth Management. Find them on the web at kcawealth.com. Before the break uh, and in previous uh, segments of the show, Brian, you were talking about Start with figuring out where people are, a life plan. You know, it's not just jumping right into investments. It's not just jumping right into money at all. It's it's looking at the whole uh, what's going well, what's what's not going well, what might happen in the future, and then start sorting out a plan for those people. Uh, you talked about your personal experience, probably completely unexpected for you, but you you found your way through it with, with your mother developing dementia and, you know, it brings us back around to this life planning and, and just getting things out in the open, figuring out uh, what what people are resistant about, what what maybe they're not com- communicating within the family about, and going from there. So that is that a fair summary of 
of how you go about things. Yeah, I mean, I, again, it's it's really trying to get those questions out to determine the value that we can deliver. Do you know what I mean to to the individuals that have a need, right? And if that it, whatever those conversations are, we then can direct them to the to the resources that are available out there. Or if we're one of those resources, then we provide we we provide you know, information on how we can uh, best help them, you know, in coordination with their other professionals like you, you know, and, um, you know, I did that with my mother, you know, when she had to, you know, apply for, uh, you know, services, you know, after she ran out of money. And since you've shared your mother's story and maybe your meeting with clients and and long-term care has to come up somewhere in the life plan, I'll I'll just go over some of the 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 points of resistance or maybe the myths that people have about long-term care and I think you've already adequately covered the first and most uh most prevalent one which is it's not going to happen to me. Well, you know, the odds were seemingly against it happening to your mom, but it it happened. The next one is well, I'm covered. I'm signing up for Medicare. You know, I I sign up for Medicare at 65. I'm good. What's your response to that? Well, Medicare doesn't cover long-term care, really. I mean, it's a very limited amount, and, uh, you know, we all know that. I mean, a lot of people don't know that, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, Medicare is a great is, – is a, is a good benefit once you reach that age, but you do need supplements, you know, on top of it. And one of the supplements that's often overlooked is the fact that it doesn't cover home health care. It doesn't cover assisted living. You know, it doesn't cover uh, – it does cover skill care, but on a limited basis, only for a limited time. So, I mean, those, those are the myths, you know what I mean, that are out there or I'm covered by my employer's plan. Do you know what I mean? And your that's employer- roughly the same thing. I mean, if you're still on your group health insurance for, for your trips to the doctor, for your trips to the hospital, I mean, this are, are the same limitations there that you would have with Medicare being your health insurance. Yes. I mean, that, that's, that's correct. Yeah. They're, so they're, they're not paying for assisted living. They're not paying for skilled nursing care for the long, long haul. No, unless you have a, a group. Uh, benefit to buy long-term care insurance, do you know what I mean, through your employer. I mean, those are things that sometimes are out there, but it's an extra, usually premium or additional deduction from your paycheck, which is specific for long-term care. Yeah. And if if that's an option, you got to talk to somebody like Brian Kennedy because- there's factors you look for in the long-term care that, that I think we'll go into in a moment. But uh, the ones that are offered, in my experience, as a perk of employment, you know, so it's so they can say that and, and keep not only attract but also retain employees because not a lot of employers offer that. But then you got to look at the quality of it. You know, how, how much of a perk is it really? But um, what about the people who say, you know, okay, so if I if I need long term care later in my life, that's I'm saving money for that. That's what my savings are for. Well, yeah, I mean, then then what I would say is, you know, I I tell every client, you know, when we do a plan, we we look at if everything's roses and everything's great into the future, this is what you could hopefully expect out of your future. Meaning, look five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years down the line. But then the next thing we usually um, do a what if scenario on, as we call it, or you know, factor in is what if one of you needed care? What if both of you needed care? How quickly would your assets be depleted? And again, back to my mother's situation. I mean, here's a single woman who started with no college degree. Do you know what I mean? Raising a a child. We didn't. We didn't have a ton of money when my dad died. He got some life insurance, but listen, I was a paper, a paper boy at, at 12, a, a bus boy, both. yeah, <laughs> a bus boy, a waiter, a short order cook. I mean, from the time of 13 and up, I was working, you know what I mean, the whole time. And with that said, I mean, 
my mother blew through, you know, six hundred or $700,000 worth of assets. Do you know what I mean? With her small social security, you know, with her social security and a small pension and using that money to supplement for all the needs that we had, which is the, the respite care. If my wife and I wanted to go away for a weekend, by the way, one of the things we sacrificed over seven years was our friends and our family, because there were many times that we couldn't find a caregiver to not only care for a, a baby or a young child, but also caring for a, you know, a 60 some year old, 70 year old adult with Alzheimer's at the same time in the same house with a couple dogs. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's Which a big brings task. In one of the other <laughs> things people say is, well, that's, I have kids. That's what they're for. They'll take care of me and or my family will take care of me. And and I'm not sure that, you know, that's that's related to another one that I hear, which is, uh, you know, I promised my mom I wouldn't put her in a home or I promised my wife I'll never put her in a home. Those are all I mean, I get what's behind it. It's the it's the best of intentions, but it's a promise made without really knowing what that's going to look like. And, and when safety gets involved and. Uh, you know, just not knowing that it's going to it's going to burn your own health out being the family caregiver and the stress that that puts on a marriage when you're bringing a parent in. Um, it's you know, everybody has the best has a big heart and wants to be supportive. And gosh, you sure did for years and years and years until the level of care just had to be adjusted. But um, but yeah, I, I think people don't they, they're either thinking they have more money than 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 will really uh, they have more money uh, enough to cover it, and it won't. They think their family's going to help, but gosh, that's a lot of burden to go on the family. I just think people don't appreciate that. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I hear it all the time. My daughter's going to take care of me. She's a, a nurse, or you know, she had done this, or or my son will, and they'll move me in, and they'll you know build onto a, the home. And I think it's great that that may happen. But I mean, I think that I I, I think a lot of the families today. Um, don't really realize the emotional, physical, mental uh, impact, which you can't monetize. Do you know what I mean? There's there's the money factor, which is one, but then just that other part of it is just so um, so devastating sometimes as you go along through the process if you're not finding that that space. Do you know what I mean? To try to relax and and walk away from the situation and and take a break. You know, especially so. you know you compare that against a professional setting where they literally have three shifts a day of people coming in fresh to do what is, as you've already pointed out, a 24-hour-a-day job. I mean, it's it, it really does require professionals for that reason at a certain point. I'm not saying family support uh, doesn't play a role. Of course it does. But, but there comes a point where, you know, I remember when you and I were presenting to a room full of people on legal or financial planning, things that they can be doing to prepare for the later years of life. And you had up on, on a big screen, the statistics for family caregivers and the rates of depression. It yeah. was pretty astounding. Yeah, it's actually they found that women taking care of disabled spouse is six times more likely than normal to suffer from depression or anxiety. You know what I mean? So um, that's a big that's a big thing, especially you know when you think about that your life that you've had, you've worked so long to get to retirement, which is you're supposed to be your golden years, right? And now all of a sudden. Sorry, the gold's turning into rust a little bit because we're all yeah. getting older, right? But at the end of the day, if a, if a loved one's sick and you love them, I understand you want to take care of them, but it's so hard for us sometimes to separate to try to find that other um, way to take care of that individual and still have our own lives. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a struggle. I yeah. see it all the time. 
So so these this it won't happen to me. Medicare will cover me. No, no it won't. Uh, that's what my savings are for. Okay, but you're going to blow through way more money than you think you're going to blow through. My family will take care of me. Well, you may not be appreciating the burden that that you're putting on them. And and all of this even assumes they've thought it through at all. And and I think that's what you at KCA Wealth, uh, you what you guys do, what, what we try to do with Keystone Elder Law with this very show is to get people thinking about what we see all the time. I mean, it, it is happening to, to families. It happened to your family. It happens to, to families all the time. There's a you know, the Alzheimer's Association says one in three people will develop dementia in their lifetime. And, and that's not even getting to the people who will have strokes, who will have Parkinson's, a bad accident or a fall, and they then they have no mobility. So the need for long-term care approaches 70%. 70%. And I mean, who wouldn't have, for example, homeowner's insurance on their house in case it burns down? Of course you would. I mean, and what's the chances of, of the house burning down? Not all that great. And I understand that's that insurance is not just for a fire, but that's that's what causes people to have it the most fear. Well, if this comes your way, this long-term care, this dementia, whatever the case may be, the cost is at least the same as your house burning down, but but what's your plan? So few people have have thought that through. So, we're going to come back. We've talked a little bit about Medicare not being much of an option, your savings, well, it may or may not, but but as long as you understand how expensive it is, I want to open up your whole encyclopedic understanding of some other important planning tools from a financial perspective. We'll be back in a moment. This is the Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. It's the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. Now your host, Patrick Colley. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I am your host, Patrick Cauley. My guest today is Brian Kennedy of KCA Wealth Management. Find them on the web at kcawealth.com. Brian, before the break, we were talking about you know planning in general, but, but when we focus on long-term care planning, uh, we talked about the limitations or the risk of relying on your, your savings, your cash. We talked about how Medicare... Uh, is very little help uh, if if it comes into play at all for long term care. The one uh, we didn't, the one program we didn't talk about is Medicaid. And of course, I do a ton of Medicaid planning at Keystone Elder Law. But there are some limitations. But tell me how that, uh, what your experience, especially with your mother's care, uh, how how did Medicaid come into the picture? Well, you know, being a financial planner, a fiduciary, you know what I mean? I, I wanted to hire an attorney to go through the Medicaid application process, and and that was before you took over the firm. Um, but I did hire one to go through that. And, you know, you have to pull a lot of information, you know what I mean, and to, to file for Medicaid. Um, but in the end run, we applied for a home health care waiver. And one of the things is there, we were able to get it, but the home health care waiver only covered about 14 to $15 an hour <clears throat> for a home health care person, uh, you know, aid. And they're, they're 25 to 30 to $40 an hour. I mean, so Medicaid may not cover that program you really want. Do you know what I mean? And that's where you can sometimes be forced into moving someone into the assisted living or into the home or into the nursing home plan because you're kind of out of assets, you know, you're out of, you're out of money, you know, to do that. So, um, yeah, that, and what's being waived for listeners not familiar with the terminology, uh, what's being waived in the, the home health care waiver is 
the usual requirement that Medicaid only pays when you're in skilled care. So you're in a nursing home. They waive it because it's a good deal for everybody. As Brian already talked about earlier, you know, his mom didn't want to leave her home. Who does? So it's good for the family. It's good for the person to stay at home. And it costs the government less money than to to run a nursing home, you know, by by paying Medicaid dollars. But you're right. I mean, when you you, you so so basically, the waiver program would pay for a caregiver to be in your home, but uh, they're paying what fourteen bucks an hour. So the concern becomes, you know, you get what you pay for, and and you know, so but anyway, go from so now though your mother is uh, in a skilled is in skilled care. Yes, she is. Okay. On Medicaid. On Medicaid. Yep. So, and that, that of course, is going to save roughly 13000 a month uh, now. But, but she, you know, the choices she made along the way really prioritize staying at home, which is great. I mean, if you can make it work, that's part of the conversation. Let's look at levels of care and how it's going to get paid for. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I, every doctor I took her to for, you know, year one through year seven said, she's doing great. You know what I mean? Being at home. So the toughest part for me now is, you know, when I come home, I can't see her. So now I have to, you know, make sure that she's taken care of in the facility that she's in, but you know, they're taking good care of her at this point and everything seems to be going pretty well. Yeah. And, and you told me even you've, you've gone in and you put some things on the wall to personalize it for her. Um, that, you know, you're, you're, you're doing the best you can. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's an awful disease, but you know, you've been there every step of the way for her by making the plans that, that are appropriate. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I have. And I keep trying, um, you know, by the, by the whole staff pizza on, uh, on, uh, Thanksgiving, you know, thanking them, uh, you know, for, I didn't buy them Turkey, but you know, it was a, it's a, it's hard to get all the turkeys in, you know, yeah. I mean? <laughs> there's a lot of staff. So, you know, we try to give back to them as much as they can give to us, you know what I mean? To show support because the caregiving community, of course, just like the medical field, you know, is under pressure. You know, we have and they're more, heroes. They're you know they have and not just COVID. I mean, they're they're probably underpaid. They are working like crazy. They're the the uh, facilities are probably all, all understaffed. Uh, they they're doing heroic work. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just look at another option, though. If if Medicaid does have its downsides, I mean, even for a married couple, you're giving up. At the, the best scenario, we can save all of your savings, but you're going to give up the income of one person. If it's a person who does not have a spouse, you're going to lose half your assets unless you've planned way ahead with trust planning. Uh, I've talked in other episodes about that, but it's so there are some some definite uh, advantages to Medicaid, but it, there are some definite drawbacks as well. Another option, of course, is long term care insurance. And I know that this is an area, Brian, where you know a heck of a lot more than I do. So, What's the download on on how that might play a role? In, I mean, if you could go back and and you know do the impossible and and change your mother's mind about long term care insurance, how might that have come into play, or what would it have looked like? What does the policy look like? Yeah, so I mean, you know, when you think about long term care insurance, there are there are still carriers out there for individual long term care insurance. However, they're getting fewer and fewer. You know what I mean? Carriers, and uh, you know, the argument of that is, well, you know, if I pay for it and then never use it. What do I get back? Nothing. At least today, it's nothing. I, and my answer to that is, it's no different than by paying for your homeowner's insurance. Yep. You know, but if, if my house know. doesn't burn down, <laughs> exactly. And 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 why long-term care is more expensive than your homeowners is because the odds of it happening to you and getting sick are a lot higher than your house burning down, and it's a lot more expensive for care. Um, so 
you know, when you look at those policies, again, what I want to step back on is before you buy insurance, we got to go back to the financial planning aspect for a minute. And a lot of people don't do that. I see people all the time that come in and they have a long-term care insurance policy. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm glad, I mean, I'm glad they have it. And then I ask them, where's your estate planning documents? I mean, now I'm not an attorney. I don't provide legal advice. I do give legal strategy. I'm an accredited estate planner, but I am not an attorney. You know, so one of the things I do is I do read documents. I understand how Patrick, how you work, you know what I mean? And some of the things that you can do to help people. And I look in the documents to see if it, they have the ability to do certain things or if I see any red flags. And then I would call someone like you, of course, Patrick, we've talked many times about, you know, are there things in here that they might want to review with an attorney to make sure that their assets would be protected? Because the real reason we're buying long-term care insurance is usually one, to protect assets, two, or protect income, meaning I'm going to lose income in the household to my spouse or assets, or I want financial independence. I want my independence, right? And I don't want to be a burden to my, to my family. I mean, those are the reasons people buy long-term care insurance. My point is, is if you don't have a solid financial plan and you don't have the right legal documents to protect and shelter your assets if you became sick and not be a burden on your family, then you've kind of only done one piece and not the other. Right. So long term care insurance, just briefly, again, you can pick the amount per month that you wanted the, the policy to pay. So if I was in a nursing home or, you know, meaning if I wanted a policy that would pay me, you know, five thousand dollars a month, if I became ill, that would be sixty thousand dollars a year. Now, that doesn't cover a lot. But that at least may pay for a 40-hour-a-week home health care aid. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't- or even some assisted living. Maybe you've covered most of the cost of that. That's it. That puts you further along than most people are. Right. So I call it either there's three things we can do with insurance. Either we self-insure, which means we know the risks. We understand what assets we have. We know what would happen if we got ill right? Or we partially insure means we get some type of insurance or we fully insure, which is means now you buy a policy that's going to cover $10,000 a month if you get sick. And then you get to pick how many years you want coverage for the longer, of course, coverage, the more expensive it is, you know, and there's, you know, there's, there's some other, it could be some potential tax savings or tax strategies to save on premiums, depending on how you look at the policies, um, you know, and, 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 you know, you, you want to just understand what your coverage, you know, if you need the coverage first and foremost before you buy it. Yeah. So, and you, you mentioned the, that there's not as many carriers with the traditional standalone long-term care insurance, but there's a couple other options that are more common these days. Yeah. So there's asset-based, uh, long-term care coverage, which would be maybe a life insurance policy with a long-term care benefit on those. I mean, there's two things, frankly, that's going to happen to everybody in this world. And I hope, I hope the first happens to everyone, which is we all live a long, happy life, and then we pass away. The second thing is we live a long, happy life, we get sick, and then we die. And when you buy a life insurance policy with a long-term care benefit, you know the insurance company is going to pay either way. They're going to pay if you become sick, or they'll pay a benefit when you're gone. So those policies tend to be a little more expensive. And then one of the other types of products out there today is there are some annuities out there that will provide some type of long-term care benefit protection. Um, all these policies, typically though, you have to go through underwrite, underwriting and you have to pre-qualify to make sure that it's an option. So the the age of the person, their health history, these are all relevant factors. Is there a magical age when people should should get it done by? I usually tell people in their financial plan to look at long-term care protection strategies around the age of 55. Yeah. You know, start building it into your plan early, meaning from the base of the plan, the foundation, which is meeting with a qualified estate elder care law attorney like yourself, Patrick, to make sure you have the right documents in place. That way, you know, if something goes wrong, even if you don't have insurance, you know what your options are. 
And then yeah. beyond that is what assets are you going to spend if you become sick based on tax laws and tax situations? You know, that's so important. I do a lot of work with people when they become ill is really trying to understand that to preserve the assets longer. Sounds good. We've covered an awful lot today. Thank you for graciously telling your mother's story and your family's story with all of that, sharing some strategies that might work or might not work, and uh, just just offering these resources as food for thought for people to so that they can start learning more. Go to kcawealth.com. I know that, that uh, KCA Wealth Management offers a whole lot of education. At Keystone Elder Law, you can find the uh, workshops tab at keystoneelderlaw.com and sign up for one of our weekly webinars to go more into these, more detail into these subjects. Brian, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Patrick, um, and have a wonderful day, everyone. And thanks, and we'll see you next week on the Later in Life Planning Show. You are listening to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580.